Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Now, grumpy old man, some Islanders news. I'm not sure if all the Islanders news is going to make you a happy camper, grumpy, but obviously, most importantly, the Islanders have signed back Matt Barzal to a three-year extension, $7 million a year. Um, and they also have signed back Matt Martin, which we will talk about, I'm sure, in depth on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, um, to a four-year, $1.25 million deal, grumpy old man. I want, right off the top, initial reactions before we bring Paige on and go ahead and do our Stump the Grump segment. I want to know initial reactions, Grump. I want to know... Matt Barzal, Matt Martin, what are your takeaways? Um, I consider the Matt Martin deal is a massive fail, and it's four years at 1.5 per. Um, we'll discuss why. It's I thought it was 1.25, Grump. Is it no, 1.5? 1. 1. 1. 1.5 million for four years for a 32-year-old fourth-line player. <laughs> Grump, you'll – in a, in, a, in a time period where you're going to have a flat cap for three years and you have any number of players under contract for that time who can fill the same role. That's correct. Grumpy old man. I For the people who listen to the podcast and don't partake in the live stream, they will not see that right now you're wearing a New Jersey Devils jersey. What's going I, on with that, Grumpy? I thought we were going to do the, the, the page segment first, get her out of the way so I can just get rolling because you can't start me off and then – Cut me off, and then go to something else. That's not working. Not today. Not this week. <laughs> not happening. Well, you know what? Okay, in, in your in your words, grumpy old man, we'll get rid of the page segment first and stump the grump. I hope she's coming with a massive word, grumpy, that you have no idea about. Um, but let's go ahead and bring Paige in, where she goes ahead and introduces myself and the grumpy old man to new dialect and words that are used in a different meaning than what their original use is. Paige, we're bringing you in. I want you to stump the grump. Okay, I'll be short and quick to it. Uh, so I can let you get to your rant today, Grumpy. So today my word is boot. Boot. That's like you give somebody the boot. Uh, you could wear, It's a type of shoe you could wear on your foot. That's another thing, a boot. If you have a broken or if you have some type of foot damage, they put you in a boot. Um, uh, can you put it in a sentence? Because I'm sure that my words, even though all correct, I'm sure there's some idiotic new meeting that makes absolutely no sense and has a perfect word already for it. But the millennials just figure, you know what? We're such losers that we have to invent words or change meanings of words because our lives are totally unfulfilled. <laughs> well, I'll let TJ. Well, TJ, what do you have? Well, I'm thinking boot. I'm thinking kicking somebody out of the lobby, booting somebody out. I think of just removing somebody. Is that accurate, Paige? Or what does boot mean in today's language? Well, well just give us a sentence first. Can you give us a sentence? Um, I'm so nervous. I'm going to boot. Throw up. Mm -hmm. Pathetic. Really? Pathetic. You know what? We have a word for that. It's called puke. Rattle. Hurl. Blow chunks. I mean. Well, now, well, now we're going to boot. Okay. You know <laughs> How about we reboot and just get rid of that word? Bam, there you go. That could work. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, thank you, Paige. You definitely stumped me and you stumped the grump. Uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and <laughs> try to control the grumpy old man today because I can only imagine 
how angry he's going to be with, I guess, the deal Matt Martin signed. I don't think necessarily he's upset with signing back Martin, Matt Martin back, but the well, deal for sure. I'm so thank say, you, Paige. Yeah, yeah I, no problem. I, I, that's right, Paige. Get out of town. We don't want to see you anymore today. I don't want to hear any more yelling. Too late. <laughs> no promises there, Paige. All righty. Now, grumpy old man, I want to ask about the jersey. And it's unfortunate. The people who listen to the podcast and don't get to see the live stream or watch it on YouTube afterwards, why in God's name, as an Islander fan and on our Islander podcast, are you wearing a New Jersey Devils jersey? This is not the first time I've seen some of this insubordination, grumpy old man. I noticed that you were wearing a Vancouver Canucks shirt just a few weeks ago. I want to know why you're wearing a Devils jersey now, grumpy. You know what? The more I've been thinking about it and the incompetence of Lou Lamarillo, that I have to think that there's a conspiracy theory afoot and that he's really still working for the Devils. Because why else would you sign a 32-year-old at the end of his career grinder, fourth-line player, to a four-year, $1.5 million per contract when you have a flat cap for the next three years and you have to trade young players just to be cap compliant uh, while we keep and continue to give old players I mean, honestly, it's this is almost like Goldman Sachs buying somebody out and giving them a big bonus for all the years they've given to the to the company. That's kind of what it's like. Because and here's the thing: I like Matt Martin, I really do. He's a fan favorite, but he's 32 years old, going to be 33, and he's a fourth line player. You don't pay your bottom players out there. You want to know why we have no talent on the top end of this roster? Because we continue to play the bottom six exorbitant wages. I mean, it's mind-boggling to me, incredibly stupid, but we continue to do it. I will say, Grump, uh, being a financier myself, I like how you're using the terms golden parachute or you're making references to Goldman Sachs and golden parachutes, Grumpy. That always does make me happy. Um Wow. I, I will say this much. We were not opposed to the idea of bringing back Matt Martin, but as we had discussed, Grumpy Old Man, it would have had to be on league minimum or close to it, extremely close to league minimum, and it had to be maybe one absolute maximum two-year contract. I'm talking about maximum two-year contract, and we signed Matt Martin for a four-year deal, and the part, I guess, that blew my mind is he's making closer to two million than he is to league minimum, league vet minimum. I mean, one point five million, grumpy old man. You're right. We don't have an exorbitant amount of cap space available, and to sign Matt Martin to that contract is, I think, a little irresponsible. Um, now, people are throwing out the idea: well, maybe we sign Matt Martin to this contract uh, with term, so maybe we can offload this contract in him to the Seattle Kraken. I, I don't see it. I don't think that's going to be the scenario, but I have heard that as maybe people – that's the thought process Lou has. It's not a thought process I think he has, but it has been thrown out there. Okay, okay. First of all, I've heard scenarios too. I've heard scenarios that, well, you know, maybe they gave him that much money and that much term because they wanted to keep the annual value down because there was going to be a run on 32-year-old fourth-line players – who were at the end of their rope. Maybe he was going to get more. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If somebody offered him more money, bye-bye, see ya. Nope. I mean, 
Uh, you had an awful nice tweet earlier this week that I thought was just perfect, honestly. Yeah, I, uh, I'm glad, Grump, I'm glad you reminded me. I, I, when I thought of it, as soon as I saw I said, wow, it wasn't enough for Lou Lamarillo to overpay for Matt Martin once in Toronto. Now he had to go ahead and do it a second time in New York. So I, I thought that was a little funny. But Tommy, Tommy does bring up an important point here, Grumpy Old Man. Now if Martin down the line can no longer play at the same level, we can send him to Bridgeport and save $1.2 million. I will say that is obviously a big plus, grumpy old man. And I think that was one of the important pertinent parts of that contract. It does make it a little bit more manageable. If he does kind of lose that touch, if he does start slowing down significantly, you always can go ahead and demote him to Bridgeport. But my question being grumpy, do you see this regime ever moving a guy, a veteran leader like that, Matt Martin, down the Bridgeport? I mean, the only one I can think of is Thomas Hickey. And again, I think Thomas Hickey was – he was crowded out. The younger defensemen were better. And I, I mean, he's a good number seven, but he was not suited to be a top six defenseman anymore. Okay. You know what? We just could have let Matt Martin walk. Ross Johnston could have filled that role very nicely at a much, at a cheaper rate. He's already under contract. You save yourself one and a half million towards the cap. I mean, I, it's just mind-boggling. And then you hear some of the other things where, you know, they were looking at a six-year deal. And, you know, here's the thing. The Fossil, at least, maybe is starting to listen to the grumpy old man a little bit more because he wanted to buy out, like I've been talking about numerous times, he wanted to buy out free agent years. They were wanting to work on – Hold on, hold on. You're talking about Matt Barzal, Grump. You just yes. jumped all over the place. We're still talking about Matt Martin. You just okay. jumped to Matt Barzal. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm trying to block Matt Martin out of my mind because, you know, all I can say is – when I think about why, 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 why we don't need Matt Martin at that contract number. And I, I guess I, I did jump ahead a little bit, but I do want to mention anything. There's also rumors that Andy Green is re-signing to right around the same money that Matt, that Matt Martin was getting paid, one and a half per, right? So that's, that's the rumor going around that it's the same dollar value. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you... Look at what Zdeno Chara got for one year, right? $795,000. Why would you ever pay anyone more than that? Why would you not have gone after Zdeno Chara to tutor Noah Dobson? Well, I, I think they like the chemistry, to answer that question straight up. I think they like the chemistry that Andy Green and Noah Dobson had towards the end of the year. To be quite frank, grumpy old man, I will say I have no idea what the dollar amount for Andy Green's contract is going to be. But you've seen a lot of these veterans these extremely skilled or you know once skilled veterans getting signed to very very cheap deals and to see matt martin signing a one and a half million dollar deal and i can only assume you know if that's true grumpy old man that we're probably going to over overpay and i'm using air quotes here on andy green but okay we overpaid for matt martin right i mean let's let's just let's just call it the way it is if you didn't want to take a vet minimum deal see you later we're up against the cap. Where is he going? I mean, he's married to Boomer Esiason's daughter. They live in the area. Is he going to the Rangers? I don't know. Did the Rangers have money? I don't know. I don't even care. If he wanted to leave, let him leave. Uh, the fact just giving over-the-hill players term and money is just its just a recipe for disaster. I mean, this has Leo Komarov written all over it. I mean – it's it's the same type deal. Two years from now, are you going to say, boy, that Matt Martin deal was really great? I mean, universally, 
I think it's acknowledged it's not a good deal. It's just dumb, especially in the salary cap, the way the salary caps in the next three years. Well, Grump, I'm going to stop you here, right? The only safeguard against that, though, is if we go ahead and move them down to Bridgeport, we can go ahead and avoid $1.3 million off the cap hit. So, again, it's, at least there is a little bit of hedging our bets. Or 1.3, 1.2, I can't remember off the top of my head. But that is at least one way to hedge our bet, Grumpy. And now this is a point that I think is true that Bridge Kingsa brings up here. Again, lose loyalty to Martin and the players that want to play for the Islanders sample as Martin, he has uh, wanted to remain and retire as an Islander. So yes, I think that he did pay for loyalty and I think he overpaid. It's funny, right? You hear all the stories and you hear example of, Oh, the guy took a hometown discount. Well, it seems like we did gave the opposite to Matt Martin where we overpaid him there for prior performance. And it doesn't matter what sport you're in. I hate when franchises and teams pay for past performance. It's something that I think sports organizations and franchises are moving away from where they'd rather pay. And we see it in hockey. They'd rather pay the younger player more who necessarily hasn't performed yet. And they're paying for future performance rather than an older veteran. And they're paying for prior performance. It's just a different school of thought. Yeah. uh, That's the smart school of thought. Um, Okay. I don't care how loyal you want to be to a guy. He didn't deserve the money that he signed. He, here's the thing. He didn't earn the money that he was paid all those years when he left for Toronto. He didn't earn that money. So as far as I'm concerned, he was ahead. Matt Martin was ahead in money. Uh, is he worth $1.5 million a year now? Absolutely not. Not in this climate, he's not. And you say, okay, you could save $1.2 million. Well, you know how you could save one point five By not signing him at all and just filling in with somebody else already on the roster. You know, there was a viable option. Yeah, Grumpy. And again, I... I guess I'm just trying to rationalize maybe their thought process behind it. I mean, Tommy chimes in here saying the Flyers also showed great interest in Martin. And and again, they did. I think he brought up a good and valid point. I think most Islander fans agree with this grumpy old man. You had Ross Johnson two seasons ago. You signed him to a four-year extension. Now that you signed Matt Martin to an additional four years, what was the ideology there? with bringing and signing Ross Johnson. And given it wasn't a huge contract, it was a four-year deal on average $1 million a year. But what was the point? Maybe you're hoping he was going to grow into that role. Maybe there's something you still don't like on the defensive side of the puck that he's conducting. I, I'm not sure, grumpy old man. I don't but know. You definitely had a younger replacement who was on a cheaper, on a cheaper term or on a cheaper deal than that as well. So I'm going to say it again. You had a replacement. You've neutered Ross Johnston's game to fit how you want him to play, and you still won't give him a chance. You still insist on signing the overage veterans to term. It's not even one year. It's the term, four years. Grumpy, I forgot that I made you a little image. (laughs) I forgot that I made you a little image of Matt Martin with some question marks. Because you're questioning as to why the organization signed that four-year deal. Honestly, it wouldn't have been a hideous deal. It, I, again, I'm using hyperbolic speech. It's not a hideous deal. It's just not favorable, I don't think. I, it wouldn't have been a bad deal if you signed him to a two-year extension, right? He's 32 years old. Realistically, how long do you think? And he's got – he has a lot of miles on his body. I don't think he – I would be shocked if he plays out the entire four years. I really would. I know his game style has changed a lot, and I know I think maybe – the pay also was increased based off of his playoff performance. I think if he played, you know, regular season Matt Martin that we saw last year, I don't think he's getting 1.5. I think he's getting closer to one. And I think that because he played so well in the playoffs, I do think that bumped up what his salary was there. I do, Rob. Okay. 
right or wrong, I think that's the reason why. I don't care what he did in the playoffs. He scored five goals in what? How many games did we play? 18 games? I mean, I, five five goals and one assist. I think one or two assists. Grumpy as a fourth line player. I mean, that for a team that doesn't care. really score a lot of goals. I don't care. That's that that's that's a discrete event. Okay, how often does that happen? How often does it happen as a entire year, as a entire career? Last year, never before, and never again. I mean, like I said, I like Matt Martin. I don't like the question marks because I could say, who did they sign to that contract? Matt Martin. Where the New York Islanders? When? <laughs> This week in this climate, <laughs> why? I mean, I don't understand what, who, what, what, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of those W's, and I could apply every single one of them to Matt Martin in this situation right now. Every single one. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. I did. I I did make the, the little image, so I had to show it for you, Grump. Um, again, I. I think it's kind of the moot point. Oh, though. I'm sorry. Hold on. What was the last one? What the hell are they doing? That's the last <laughs> one. What? <laughs> oh, goodness, grumpy old man. Uh, too much pessimist sticking chiming in. Grumpy's going to boot soon. Oh. <laughs> Very possible. No, I don't think. Again, it's not optimal, but I do think the fact that we do have that AHL kind of, I, I wouldn't call it a workaround, but kind of that loophole I think does help. Not a fan of the four years. Even if it was a two-year contract for 1.5, it's more manageable. Uh, but I think moving to the most important topic, grumpy old man, the Islanders have signed back Matt Barzal. Applause. I'm happy. Again, it's not the ideal contract we all wanted, but still Matt Barzal is signed back. He's going to start participating in training camp. I was really fearing out there, grumpy. It looked like some Islander fans were about to jump off the ledge. I mean, they were getting close. They were really worried. Oh, Matt Barzal's not going to sign back. We're in trouble. And I can't remember who. I think it's Paul. I don't remember his last name. Uh, X, X, what was that, Grumpy? Paul Bissonetti does one of those commercials with Ray, Ray Whitney. He was, uh, okay, he was more, he was a, a bottom line guy, more of an aggressor type, a goon type, right? Um, I mean, they show him in those commercials where, you know, he shoots the puck hard, Ray Whitney doesn't, you know, but. Ray Whitney could uh, hit the corners, and the only corners that Bissonette was hitting was like the corner of the boards, you know, that type of thing. Kind of fun. Well, I, most notably, he's on, I think, Spitting Chicklets, which is a huge hockey podcast, Grumpy Old yeah. Man. And he yeah. talked about the situation Matt Barzal was in. He said, I would just hold out, get exactly what you're worth. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But once he came out and said that, they started circulating around the internet. And oh my gosh, Grumpy. I know you don't have any social media or very limited social media, but that's when you saw the angst and the worry of Islander fans start to slowly tick up. And it was on an upward trajectory. I'm just happy they signed him back today. Because uh, Islander fans, I, I know they're starting. I know some of them are really starting to worry that he might not be signed back in time for the start of the season. Didn't Paul Bissonnette also mention something about uh, him not maybe wanting to sign because he wasn't having fun? That perhaps you know he'd want to. And let me tell you something. I don't want to say that I've said that before, and maybe Paul Bissonnette has been listening to our podcast in the archives because that is exactly what I've said about Matt Barzell for quite a while now. And I'm in total agreement. He should have held out and held, put the put held the screws to the fire because he had all the power, all the power there, and he let it go. Now that said, uh, I was never concerned about him not signing. The uh, contract negotiations were not acrimonious in any way, and I told the people, calm, you know, I told the people, calm down, people. He is going to sign. I also told the people, Lou Lamarillo is not going to make any moves this offseason, and he's going to get caught with his hands in his pockets. 
Why? Because he wanted to sign him to a six-year deal making about what uh, uh, the guy in Colorado makes, Rantman, right? Maybe $9.25 million. But he didn't have the money. You want to know why he didn't have the money? Because he didn't offload the pieces of garbage earlier in the offseason like I told you everyone that he should have done. He waits. We have time. We have time. We have time. Well, they ran out of time, which is why he couldn't sign them long term. So now what happens, right, boys and girls? Here's what happens. He signs for a three-year deal, $7 million per. There's no way he was going to get paid less than average Anders. I mean, even the, even the fossil knows that he couldn't have paid him less than, than average, right? He knew that. So he gives him three years, $7 million per. So what does that do? It brings him one year for, from unrestricted free agency. So he will still be a restricted free agent. But here's the thing. Now it costs you a lot more money. But the fossil who called last week during the show to tell me, hey, Grumpy old man, I should be listening to you. I'm going to try to get him that six-year deal to buy out some years of free agency. How often have I been saying buy out years of free agency on these restrictive free agents, right? And everyone tells me how stupid the grumpy old man is, right? In Lou we trust. Lou's the greatest. Lou's so smart. Well, guess what Lou did? Lou, went, he decided I'm going to do what the grumpy old man said to do. But I've messed up the salary cap so bad, I can't do it now. So what happens? Now, when he's got to pay him again in three years, He's going to have to really overpay for him because then guess what? Now we don't have the flat cap anymore, and Matt Barzell is going to ask for the last more money. Yet another failure by the fossil. F for failure, F for fossil. Grumpy, I think next week I'm going to have to uh, whip up a little image of grumpy rant time or something fun so that the people who do watch the live stream can get a little chuckle of that. Because I like I, I know obviously the people listening afterwards and post on the podcast, they don't see me just smiling, laughing as you're just going on your rampage, grumpy old man. That's all you can do is just sit and smile when grumpy old man starts going on a roll. But here's the thing. I'm not wrong. I'm I've been right on every single thing I'm saying. I don't want to pat myself on the back. I will right now. Because I've been telling everybody, calm down, grumpy old man. Relax, grumpy old man. Lou knows what he's doing. Have patience, grumpy old man. You want to know what happens when you have patience? You get stuck with Komarovs, Martins, Lads, Averages, uh, uh, Hickeys. All those guys still suck on a team, but you know what we don't have? We don't have Devontae's. And, now, and here's and what do we do? We have to sign Ryan Pulak to a two-year extension, right? That brings him right to free agency. So instead of being proactive on him, now if you want to keep him two years from now when he is an unrestricted free agent, you're going to pay through the nose. And that's why you that's why you cannot continue to make those mistakes. You don't sign the old guys to long-term deals, which hamstring your salary cap uh, uh, situation. You don't do it. But the fossil doesn't learn. He tried to learn here, but he screwed up so bad that, you know what? I couldn't get myself out of it. Hey, maybe we could trade six first-round picks and Thomas Hickey for a bag of pucks. Would anybody take that? You can't wait till the season is about to start. Like I told you, there's no money left, and no one's willing to take those players. I will tell you this much, Grumpy. I don't necessarily agree with a lot with what you just said, but some of it for certain. I will say this. You were right, Grumpy old man, when you were saying that the Islanders were going to do nothing this offseason. You were right. Well, actually – I can't say that's right because we did trade away to Devon Taves. I mean, that's the biggest move we've made all offseason in re-signing back players and bringing over Sorokin. But you said that Lou Lamarillo was not going to acquire anyone through free agency. And that, I mean, like I think maybe Sarnak, was he a free agent or a trade? I can't really remember Grumpy Old Man dating this far back. You okay. did say that, though, from the start. We did not add any big pieces to the team in the lineup. And, again, I was optimistic. Um 
but you were right on that. I will give you credit for that, grumpy old man. Okay, I've been right on going, anything that you don't believe in what I said, it's because you're foolish. <laughs> Stop. I don't want to call you stupid. I'm just going to say foolish because everything <laughs> I said is spot on accurate. Every single thing. Everything. Grumpy old man, I don't want to feed you, but Scott's over here saying grumpy on a rant is great. <laughs> but here's the thing, I ain't lying. It's not like I'm lying. It's like it's like whoever does, I read, you know, here's the thing. I read some websites about the islands, and I'm reading, I'm like, I mean, what are you Islander bobos? I mean, hey, I love the Islanders, but I'm not saying, you know, in lieu we trust. Absolutely not. Do the job, Fossil. You're not doing it right now. <laughs> Grumpy old man. <laughs> I'm going to say one thing. Paul, he comments this a few times. Grumpy calling anybody a Fossil is laughable. I had to go ahead and pull it up, Grump. Um, <laughs> he's older than I am. And I got more wits about me than he does. That's why he's the Fossil. <laughs> I will say this, though. Grumpy. I'm in a pre-fossilitic state. I will say this, though, Grumpy. With Matt Barzal, I think getting him signed back, important. It's pertinent. Without Matt Barzal, obviously, I think we are more of a fringe playoff team than with Matt Barzal. With Matt Barzal, I think we're a pretty safe bet as to making the playoffs. With Matt, without Matt Barzal, we lose a lot of that offensive creativity. We don't have a solid four centers uh, in our lineup either and roster every single night. So Matt Barzal was a need. We had to sign him back. Um, ideally, you would have liked them to go ahead and execute maybe six or a long or six year deal, maybe even longer term deal than that. Um, but you're right. He's definitely going to get paid in three years time. Um, as to how much, you know, who can say grumpy old man? Uh, but I am, let's put it like this. It's a net positive that he is back with the team organization. Was it the optimal situation only being able to sign him there to a bridge deal for three years? I will tell you, I don't get the John Tavares feels like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't have the John Tavares feels. I feel, I feel like I've seen in very, very select groups in sex of the Islander community, they, people are saying, oh, this has got John Tavares written all over it. I don't have those type of feels grumpy. Yeah. I'm going to stop him right there. Whoever says that, Remember, when he comes out of this contract, he's still going. He's still going to have one year of restricted free agency left. Okay, that's that's the difference. Now he could say, "I just want to sign a one-year deal," and if that happens, you have to move him. Absolutely. Then it becomes a Tavares situation, and that's all going to depend on Barry Trotz. And we're going to continue to shackle him. You know, you said we would lose most of our offensive creativity. I'm going to take it a step further. We lose. All of our offensive creativity, we don't have any outside of Matt Barzal. Zero, nada, zip, zero, none. Okay, we need him. Okay, and which is fine. I'm glad they signed him back. But, and you also said we're a fringe playoff team. Without Matt Barzal, we are not a playoff team because you can't, you cannot make the playoffs when you score one goal a game every game. You're not going to shut everybody out. Well, I know we're going to talk about Ian Sorokin and what our expectations are for the white whale. Uh, grumpy old man. I, and Tommy also comments, I don't know. Can we wait to see what Bellows and Wallstrom have before judging this? I will say I, I'm bullish on, on Kiefer Bellows and Wallstrom, or at least giving them the chance and opportunity. I think this year it would be a colossal mistake if we don't give them an extended time period up there for the Islanders or up there for the New York Islanders so we can actually see what they do have. I mean, like this is this is a time period where you kind of have to analyze, do they have it? Can they cut, you know, can they cut it what it, what it takes? Uh, to me, both of those guys should be on the roster to start the season. And one thing that the Armadillo said, that's uh, Barry Trotz. 
the arm, the armadillo. He looks like an armadillo. I mean, come on, look at him. Don't tell you he doesn't look like an armadillo. He does. Okay. And the armadillo said that this year the young players are pushing for playoff spots, uh, 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 for starting spots, where in the past they had not been. Well, you know what? If that's Great. the case, fantastic. I'm all for it. We need to incorporate younger blood in here. But then it begs another question. Why are we continuing to sign older players to long-term deals? Because there's eventually going to be, what are we going to do with those players? There's only so many spots. I mean, I, I, will, I, I worry about that. I will say this, Grumpy. We have a comment here from Alexander also saying Lamarillo deserves so much credit. Now, I will say this much. The biggest thing Lamarillo has done for this organization, it, it is huge, hugely, hugely, hugely important, Grumpy old man, was he brought Barry Trotz to the New York Islanders. As much as we'll – pick little little parts of a Barry Trotz mannerism or uh, an action that he's done on the bench that we don't like. Barry Trotz coming to the Islanders and Lou Lamarillo bringing him to the Islanders has turned this franchise around. There's no doubt about that. He brought two things. Um, Barry Trotz was by far his best move. Uh, nothing else is even close for second. And all the ripping I do on him, he also brought um, a certain – uh, legitimacy back to the organization and respectability among the NHL, without a doubt. And I, like I said, and you, I, everyone knows I'm ripping on him when he does something stupid. But without him, we're not in the situation we're in. I'm not saying that Lou Lamarillo is the worst thing ever. He used to be great when he was with the New Jersey Devils. Okay, he his tenure in Toronto was really not that good. They couldn't wait for him to leave, honestly, and hire some little pimply faced kid. Uh, to take his spot, right? And I'm glad he's here because, I mean, think about where we were before him and then where we had Snow and Milbury. Ugh. I mean, Maloney. I mean, all those guys. I mean, and where we are now, there's no doubt about it. He brought respectability and legitimacy back to this franchise. I was about to say, and it's you can't even quantify how important that is for the Islanders. Remember, as much as we go ahead and we make statements about how things are now, it's just because we want them to be state. We want them to be a Stanley Cup competitor year in year out, to be the absolute titans of the NHL. Now, I mean, if you look at where the Islanders were two seasons or three seasons ago, holy crap! Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz together have turned the image of the Islanders around for certain. I mean, again, I still think the Islanders get some undue. Um, we are disrespected by the by the people and the pundits in the NHL. Absolutely. We get some undue. We get undue lack of respect, or we get we do get a lack of respect from the old man, and I, I think that's still there. It's going to take a while to break that, um, but I think they have brought and done a lot to turn the face and the image of the New York Islanders around. I mean, hell, if you look three years ago, I'm not sure anybody was always gung ho about the Islanders. I mean, you have the the. The fan base has also been extremely energized since they have joined. I absolutely love the Islanders fan base. Uh, absolutely. I mean, think about it. We've been – all right, I lived through the glory years, but most of the people who listen to this podcast have not been. I mean, they those are loyal fans. When you stick with a team that's a perpetual loser, like we've been for the most part since, what, 1988, 89, right? Think about that. How many years ago? That's like over 30 years ago. We've had a couple of years of success. But for the most part, we've been really a downtrodden franchise. And the fans are always there. You've just got to – these are true These are true fans. There are no bandwagon fans who are Islander fans, even people who are starting to like the Islanders now. What bandwagon are you jumping on? It's like, hey, let's jump on that 
uh, we play a solid game in the neutral zone thing. I mean, you know, I could see, see if we had, you know, uh, Gretzky on the team or Lemieux or Bossy was back, you know, goal scorers and maybe Matt Barzalkin, but I'm one of those type players. But I could see people bandwagon, oh, man, he's fantastic. I love the Islanders. We don't have anything like that. If you're an Islander fan, you're an Islander fan, not a bandwagon fan or a Johnny-come-lately. Yeah, Johnny-come-lately, Grumpy. I love it. Um, but, yeah, you're right. We don't play a sexy style of hockey, Grumpy old man, so it's not conducive to bring on bandwagon fans for certain. I mean, if you're an Islander fan – the defensive structure and you know the slow methodical game and slow transitions, but very stingy style hockey we play is not extremely attractive there to a lot of the, the newer fans of hockey who like games to be six to or seven to six. That's not the style we play. Grumpy, I'm bringing this up just because it's funny. Tom, <laughs> Tommy Baffy there is saying, uh, TJ, should I bring up Hosang once to add to Grumpy Old Man's rant? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Because you know what. I found it funny, you know. I you know I was reading up on. I should I should I shouldn't have showed that. Oh, you did. You did. You open that door. The door's open now, and that's fine. You know what? I don't mind walking right through. Okay, <laughs> that's fine, right? Why isn't Josh Hang hosting in camp? Because we didn't think he had a legitimate chance to make the team of the practice squad. But here's the thing: they're bringing in Casper, the friendly ghost, is going to be in the on the. Uh, <laughs> You know who Casper the Friendly Ghost is? Stop, Grump. I've got to stop you. I know who I, – I think I know who you say when you say Casper the, the Friendly Ghost. I think you're talking about Simon Holmstrom. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. I, look at him. I got, look at, I got, I got look at Casper got the Friendly Ghost and look at his game. It's invisible. I mean, that's what he is. He's invisible out there. His name is Casper. That's forever now. He's going to be Casper. Casper Holmstrom. I've got to stop you, Grump. But here's my point. Here's my point. Yes. Do you think Casper has a shot to make this team? Absolutely not. Why are you bringing him into training camp? Why would you do that? It makes no sense. They should have brought Hosang up. That's what they should have done. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you, Grumpy. I will provide your answer. I'm going to stop you, though. Um, I, I think Scott's right here. Lou has also changed the culture of this team. Um, grumpy old man. Yes. Okay. A few questions. I'm fine. You can refer to Simon Holmstrom as Casper. Oh, and I know you. what you're referring to grumpy old man. You're referring to the art. I mean, you watch the world juniors, but you're also referring to the article, article that Corey Promen put out when he talked about the biggest surprises in the biggest, uh, I don't, I don't think he's the word disappointment. I was going to say failure, but it was disappointments at the world juniors and Simon Holmstrom was on that list. We had talked about it, the game style that he played. He was always around the periphery. Didn't necessarily mix it up. He showed flashes, which I was saying the entire world juniors, but he didn't really take control and wasn't dominant, right? He was 20 years old. He was overage. They thought maybe he would go ahead and show a little more. Didn't in the limited amount of time he was in the world juniors before Sweden got bumped out by Finland. Uh, grumpy old man. To answer your question as to why Simon Holmstrom was invited to camp, if, he, if you don't think he has a legitimate shot of making it, I think it's the same reason why they bring some of the younger players that they really don't have an intention on bringing up yet. It's to give them that taste and so that they understand what it needs to be done to make it to that next level, right? I know it's easy for us sitting back at home to think, oh, that's not really important. I'm going to tell you, Grumpy, I think it is. It's important there for those young men who are trying to elevate their game to the next level to understand what I'm doing here. And to see tangibly what I'm doing here is not what it takes to be where I want to be. Now that I've been up there with you know the the, the Islanders organization 
during training camp, I got an opportunity there to play practice with the real professionals, with the NHLers, and I noticed that they do X, Y, and Z differently. I'm going to take I'm going to take what they do, and I'm going to try to apply that to my game here, so I can continue to elevate myself as a player. I think that is important, um, grumpy old man. You might not agree with me, but I think that's important. Okay, I'm not disagreeing with you in that at all. It's the lame excuse that they gave for why Josh Hosang was not invited to camp, right? It was because they didn't think he could make the big team or make the taxi squad, so that's why he wasn't invited. There's no way that Casper is making this team or the taxi squad. Casper is going back where he belongs, down on the farm, okay? <laughs> and he was absolutely invisible during the World Championships. Promen, I thought, was glowing. His, he called him a disappointment. I call him a failure. I don't care that he scored five points. He had one play the whole – I want to say the whole tournament where he made a nice backhand pass. Other than that, he was the king of the secondary assist, part two. He passed the puck to somebody. They do a whole bunch of stuff. Then they give somebody else. He do a bunch of stuff and score. And somehow Casper gets a Josh Bailey assist. That's, that's the problem I have with it. You know what? If you don't like the kid, you don't want him playing for the franchise, just man up and say it. I don't, I don't even know why you signed him. You're never going to give him a shot. But don't tell me it's because he has a he doesn't have as much a shot to make the team as Casper. That's all I have to say. Uh, grumpy old man. I will say this much. He had more than one nice play at the World Juniors. I thought what I saw, Grumpy, he does a good job with his ability to stick, handle, and control the puck. I thought he excelled in that area. And he showed flashes where I was like, wow, that's kind of special. I saw his economy of movement. I said, okay, at moments, that was special. Um, I saw the offensive creativity, and at moments I said, all right, I like the thought process. Again, he wasn't really able to execute on a few of the opportunities he did have, but again, I like when you're talking about a young man, and again, I think he's a young 20-year-old man. Some 20-year-old men are physically mature. They've been mature for years. You know, They're fully grown in their body, and they've got a lot of strength to them. I think Simon Holmstrom is still continuing to grow physically and to grow into that that role. So I think, again, I, I like that I was able to see flashes, but I expect a little more, to be honest. And I think, again, like as Corey promised, said, it was a disappointment. We would we talked about that on our last podcast. People called us crazy because when you look at the point production, oh, he had, I think it was six points, one goal and five assists, or maybe it was, all, it was five oh, assists. Okay. He had no goals. He just had five assists, four of which were secondary assists. He had one nice assist. Okay. I'm going to, for people who didn't watch the World Junior Championships, he makes Michael Del Cole look good. That's all I have to say. If you're happy with Michael Del Cole, well, he's better than Casper is. I mean, I don't expect it. I expect nothing from him. His skating isn't exceptional. There's nothing about him that stands out except that he's how invisible he gets out there. We've also had a comment here from Tommy who says, I wish I would have known Grumpy during the Radic Martinick years. LOL. I another, guy, another guy that we just kept around. And here's the thing. Every bad team has to have players, but he stuck around like the plague to that guy. I mean, Radic, think about how many years Radic Martinek played for this franchise. Every year is like, uh, well, if Radic Martinek is still on this team, you know, we need better defensemen. But he played for like nine years. I, I don't understand. You know what? Like I said, he's he's like he's like a scam. I mean, that you keep picking at all the time. It just doesn't go away. I don't know. Yeah. Grumpy old man. I remember Radic Martinek. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Grumpy. Yes, uh, I can only have imagined a podcast with you during that time period. That would have been some real rough times, Grumpy. I'm much, and, more, I'm much more calm now than I used to be. <laughs> much more relaxed and reserved. Uh, 
That <laughs> I find that hard to believe, Grumpy Old Man, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, too much of pessimist thinking also says uh, Grumpy's going to talk about Tomasino, Kaliev, McMichael, and I agree. Hey, Grumpy, I'm shocked and I'm happy. We we were unable to get you on the bingo board for bringing up. We should have drafted XYZ over Simon Holmstrom. And we we're going to leave it at that, Grumpy, because I don't want you to hit it just because I brought it up for you. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we discussed them last week. Uh, I mean, and they certainly outplayed Casper. Absolutely. Every single one of them. Yeah, Grumpy. And I know we're we're going to have another li- – we're live streaming today, Grumpy. But it's also important to mention live streaming tomorrow with Rich Pallon, special guest – uh, one of the most underrated Islanders of all time. Rick Vaughn's going to be on the podcast too and the live stream, and I'm looking forward to Grumpy. I'm sure Grumpy Old Man's going to be much more docile. It's going to be more of a information gathering section. I, I know, Grumpy, you have been formulating some some questions for Rich for quite some time, and I know I'm looking forward to hear what you've got to say question-wise, Grumpy Old Man, and I'm looking forward to getting a chance to go ahead and, and talk with Rich Vaughn for certain. To suffice it to say, I'm not going to ask Rich Pallon what his favorite color is or, you know, what color, what, what his drapes look like in his house. It's not going to be anything like that. Uh, we're going to talk about hockey. I'm going to talk about his career. And, uh, yeah, I do have some questions lined up. And it will be a little bit I, – I don't I don't foresee myself ranting at all tomorrow. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, Grumpy Old Man. We're not going to go on a grumpy old man rant tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, you never know. Rich could say something that could really set me over the edge. I, I doubt it. I mean, you know, I just, I, I just, I feel he's going to be like more in my vein, honestly. <laughs> uh, now, I kind of want. There was a few more things. Oh my goodness! There's a few more things, grumpy old man, that I wanted to talk about for today's podcast um, in live stream. Now, as we're getting closer to the start of the season, I think. You know, we could start looking towards expectations we have. And I think one of the biggest questions that we have going into this season is how will Eosorokin perform? And again, it's always nice when you're seeing, you know, uh, in interviews after practice and scrimmages, you know, where Scott Mayfield saying he's quick as a cat, you know, he's everything is advertised. That's always reassuring. You'd like to think that they're not going to go ahead and falsely, you know, pump pump airs in somebody's tires. But I think if Sorokin again can perform the way that Islander fans expect, in the way uh, I guess talent evaluators and uh, people who analyze that type of stuff expect Ia Sorokin to perform, I think we are in for a pleasant surprise, grumpy old man. Because having an absolute rock back there, I think will bring us back to some really really good hockey. And you talk about it's. The Islanders want to win every game one to nothing. Well, Grumpy, that looks more and more like a possibility with Sorokin in that. If if he if he's everything is advertised. I've seen some highlights of him just from practice, and I am excited. I, I'm going to temper my enthusiasm because he's never played in a game in the NHL. That said, he is real smooth back there. Really, really smooth. What optimally, what I would like to see happen with him is that by the end of the year, he's the undisputed star. That's that's what I, that's what the goal should be. I mean, he's, what, 25 years old? Uh, I mean, I want the pleasant – this is what I'd love to have happen, where at the offseason, gosh, we got to sign this guy to like 7 or $8 million a year because that means that he really that he really showed up this season. And, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you what I think his numbers are going to be because, you know, anything can happen. But I think that he's going to get a lot of playing time. We play 56 games. I would love to see him play 30, at least 30, 
of the 56. And that means that he would take over as the full-time starter by the end of the year. Exactly. And, you know, the playoffs, you know, God permitting the outers do make the playoffs. They would also be – he would be playing the lion's share of games there in the playoff picture. And I'm going to also say we got a whole bunch of comments. We – with the live stream, it's going to be nice because as you do have questions, you can submit them and comment them, and we'll make sure that we go ahead and relay those to Rich as well. Um, Only so we're getting a lot. Nothing stupid. Don't say anything like – the grumpy old man. Hey, what do you think about the grumpy old man? He knows. He's going to know the grumpy old man is like you know a hockey legend. He knows. <laughs> well, grumpy, he's already got to know you're a hockey legend. He's not going to learn, right? Grumpy already knows. Right? That's what grumpy. I just said. He he already knows that. <laughs> I've got questions he's got to ask about Millberry. Oh goodness, grumpy old man. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that that live stream. I, I have a lot of questions, and uh, I want to th- uh, ahead of time. I want to thank Rich for. Uh, doing this for us because uh, you know he's just really a stand-up guy. So and there's a lot of things that uh, I certainly want to ask him, um, and it, it's going to be a lot. I can guarantee you it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to ask some fun questions, uh, but some in-depth questions also. So it, it's if you want to listen to the podcast, I mean, everyone that the grumpy old man on is great, but uh, you know when you listen, it's almost a must-listen to Rich Pallant tomorrow. Yeah, grumpy old man. Well, I want to kind of get back though to Sorokin because I, I think ideally you'd like to have him, just like you said, if he's earning at least seven, maybe eight million dollars a year, he's done everything we wanted him to do, and he was everything as advertised. Ideally, he's going to earn more than Varlamov if he's played successfully. And again, there might be an issue too, right? Because if if Sorokin plays extremely well and he's going to command at least $8 million a year, right? You're going to have a goalie tan that you're paying a little over 13 or close to $13 million a year. And that, you know, long-term might be a little bit of an issue there when you talk about cap space. Well, I understand why Lamarillo signed him. I mean, I, even at the time I said that was a bad signing, bringing Varlamov in for that dollar amount. And I understand why he did it. And it seems like it certainly paid off. I don't know if Sorokin would have came here, come here otherwise. So the fact that he did, it accomplished something. So I'll look at that as a positive for Lou. Uh, but you don't want to be paying your backup $5 million a year. I'm just going to tell you that. That's that's what I was about to say, right? And again, like I, I'm not if, – if, if it comes to a grumpy, I think he will maneuver something around that. I mean, like I don't, I'm not sure what, to, what you'd have to give up to offload Varlamov, who would be, you know, in an ideal scenario, a backup goalie making $5 million a year. But I think, you know, it would have to be done at that point. But you're right, grumpy. You don't want to have to be paying a backup goalie, even if he's like a 1A goaltender, $5 million a year. Maybe he'd have to move Noah. Maybe he'd be willing to move Noah Dobson. To get Varlamov's um, contract off our books, like Stop. he did with this year, just so we can keep a bunch of the old guys, you know, to play pinochle and stuff in the back on the on the plane rides. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man, oh, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Uh, <clears throat> but I've got to ask you, grumpy, what's your expectation realistically for the Islanders this season? I know we'll probably get more in depth than that, but I mean, first take, what's the expectation for the Islanders this year, grumpy? Okay, my cons- my biggest concern is without Devon Taves, who's going to quarterback the power play? It can't be Nick Letty. I'm sorry. It cannot be Nick Letty. He doesn't – he won't shoot the puck. To me, Noah Dobson is the answer there. He's willing to shoot the puck. He's He has really good vision. And I'll tell you what, he doesn't have a big – he doesn't take the big slap shot, but every time he puts the puck on net, 
And that should actually help out Anders Lee down low. Absolutely it should. I mean, you want to have Pulak on the other side, I mean, because I'm sure you want to put him for a shot. But here's the thing. If Oliver Wallstrom uh, somehow makes the team, I'd love to see him in that spot. Somebody as a trigger man like he had with Ovechkin, the one year they won the Cup in Washington. I mean, that's the way they run their power play, and I'd love to see that. But I, I can't see Nick Letty on the first power play unit. I just don't I just don't think he can get the job done. So that worries me. I mean, our power play has not been great the last couple of years anyway, and I think it would be worse with Nick Letty at the top. Well, Grumpy, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm not sure the power play could get worse, Grumpy old man. Our power play has been hideous the last few seasons. And, again, like any type of change, I think hopefully will bring a positive result. I think also adding a little bit more – Offensive acumen there on the forward position would always help. I think uh, more gifted players possibly on the offensive side of the puck, like a Wallstrom, would help out ideally on the power play. Uh, you talked about who would be on the number one power play. I think in practice today it was Nick Letty. I think that on the second power play line, I think Dobson was on there or maybe took a few shifts out there on the ice. Um, grumpy old man, you're right. I think – if Dobson's on the power play, I think that does increase, I guess, point production for Anders Lee. We've talked about it before. Anders Lee does a great job of parking himself in front of the net, uh, screening the goalie, and being able to redirect those shots. Again, that, that type of style is not conducive for a guy like Matt Barzal, who likes to skate around and use his ability you know, to cut the edges and, uh, and make crisp passes to go ahead and get somebody in the right spot to have a tap-in goal. That's you know what Matt Barzal excels at. And, necessarily doesn't cater to Anders Lee's game. Unless until we get more guys with a shoot first mentality on the power play, we're still going to struggle. We got too many guys who flat out won't shoot the puck. Well, well, we did something to address that. I think last year before the trade deadline, I think Jean Gabriel Pajot and again, didn't play a lot in the regular season, only played seven games in a regular season. I think, Uh, I think he does have that shoot first mentality. I think hopefully we'll see more positive results in our power play during the regular season with also Jean-Gabriel Pajot out there. He was on the second unit, though, as I remember, which I'm fine. I I like J.G. Pajot out there on the power play. I absolutely do. But, I mean, when you have – let's say you have Bailey and Letty. I mean, they're not – they will not shoot the puck. It makes it so much easier to defend. And I don't think – I don't think either of them is a great passer. I mean, I think they're good, but I don't think they're they're not Gretzky good or anything like that, or you know, Doug Wait in his prime, or you know, guys who you know are known as passers. They're just not. Uh, I mean, Brock Nelson plays on the second power play unit, correct? I'm going to tell you what. I'm, it's a hot take from the grumpy old man. If you have a two power play units and one of them contains Pajot, Dobson, and Nelson, that's that's going to lead the team in scoring on your power play. At the end of the year, you're going to see the second unit be more productive than the first. Well, I have an interesting idea here from Tommy. Again, um, grumpy old man. I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea. Dobson and Pulak will be the first power, be the first line power play with Pulak in the Ovechkin spot. I would right. not be right. opposed right. to that. Right. Now. I just mentioned before. Absolutely. I have no problem with that. None at all. Again, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing about Pulak is he's just got to put the puck on the net. Unbelievable Big shot. Great power, and when he puts it on that, man, oh, man, it's tough to stop. But that's always been the biggest thing for him, and you'd like to think maybe one day he's going to be more accurate there with that shot and he's going to put it more on that more often. But, again, we have yet to see that yet. Hopefully we can make steps towards that this season. It's funny. because I don't know what his off-season regime is, um, but I remember Ryan Kessler had the same uh, – Kessler was a forward, played for Vancouver and Anaheim and – 
uh, stuff like that. And a really a hard nose play. I loved Ryan Kessler. Uh, but he had trouble putting the puck on the net. So in the offseason, all he did was shoot pucks on the net down in his basement or something like that. And he became very proficient putting the puck on the net. And that's the underrated thing about Alexander Ovechkin, right? Great shot. This He always, always puts the puck on the net. Always. It's so underrated. I mean, you know, if you shoot the puck 100 miles an hour, you put the puck on the net, you're going to – at least you're going to generate, you know, rebound. A rebound opportunity for somebody else to go put the puck on the net. And I'd love to – I would hope that he'd been practicing from that spot. I think they are going to put him there. They had him there last year. I'd like to see that continue. And if he's better and they put Noah Dobson up top, uh, then we then we can really make some da- really make some noise on the power play unit. Mm-hmm. Grumpfield, man, we have a comment here from Dave. Is does Lad join Boychuk on long-term injury? He should already be there. He should already be there. They should have strong-armed him to do that. Absolutely. I, you know, here's the thing. He hasn't earned his money. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's he's a very nice guy. Not, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Well, Most hockey know. players are very nice guys. And again, like, and I'm talking about a nice guy at least from like where you see they do like the little promos of the charity and like when he speaks about it, it seems like a very outstanding, a uh, very outstanding man. I say that because I've never met him. Okay, um, so, but uh, I have no doubt that he's a nice guy. But you know what? It is a business, and. You know, he's played how many games in the last three years? And something you have to go to him, hey, this is what we want to do, Andrew. You know, can you work with us here? You're going to get your money. He's not going to play for this team. He's not going to. Uh, they should have done it already, and that would have freed up their salary. That would have, that would have it meant they could have kept Taves, and they could have signed Barzal to the long-term extension, even after bungling last year's free agency. They still could have got that done. But without that – you know, they're up against it salary cap-wise, and it hurt them with Barzal, honestly. Well, I've got a comment here from Brush, and you and I both 100% agree with this, Grumpy Man. I think we've talked about this off-air, too. Hutton is still a sleeper to make the Islanders. Grant Hutton, uh, I expect his game to still still continue to move forward, and I think he will be an Islander. I don't think he's a guy who's like a 4A player. I think he will be part of the Islanders in some capacity, if not this year, next year for certain. And it's funny, right, Grumpy Man? I'll tell you one thing. The Islanders have an uncanny knack of being able to draft defensemen or at least bury Trot. I'll tell you, it's either one or two things. The Islanders do an excellent job drafting defensemen or Barry Trotz does a fantastic job of catering the system around to the defensemen he has. I, I'll tell you, Grumpy, it's like it's almost like a seamless transition. I know we talk about how much we probably will miss Devon Taves, but I, I'm going to tell you, really with that – Minus Adam Pellick, any defenseman goes down. I feel very confident in the system and Barry Trotz's ability to find that replacement who can go ahead and fill the shoes. Uh, I'm going to disagree on the Adam Pellick part because we absolutely fell apart. When he but, that's what I said. Besides Adam Pellick. Oh, okay. And I don't think. I, but here's the thing: I put Pulak and Pellick. That that top pairing is fantastic. I, honestly, I'm going to tell you what I can see by the end of the year. Our second pairing being Dobson and Green. I just I think they play extremely well together. I think Grant Hutton is going to be fantastic. We are loaded with young defensemen. And that's why it bothers me. All right. I didn't mind that we lost Devontae's even though he's he's going to star in Colorado. Mark it down, write it down. You heard it from the grumpy old man first. He is going to absolutely star in that system without a doubt. But I didn't mind him them moving on from him 
but I wanted them to get something that could have helped the team, and they didn't do that. That's my frustration with with moving Devontae's. I think Nick Letty is finished, but I think we have so many guys coming up behind us that we might st- struggle a little bit in the short term, but in the long term, we're going to be okay defensively. And you got to remember, we still have Bodie Wild. We have Sebastian Ajo. I mean, we have we have we have so many. I mean, overseas you still have Robin Sallow. Yeah, I mean, before last year, before his injury, Mitchell Van Sample was a guy who was picking up a lot of steam. That you know, Islanders organization was like, we have so many young defensemen. And I know you already mentioned Sebastian Ajo, but he's another guy who could seamlessly transition in and out, in my opinion. And have, Samuel Bolduc, you're leaving out Samuel Bolduc, who's going to be he's going to be really good too, really good. I was about to say, right, and that's and that's the thing. We have so many young defensive prospects that are good and talented. Just a little bit on the offensive side of the puck, I think we uh, are a little weak of that organizational depth wise, uh, especially when it comes down to Bridgeport. Again, I th- I, I still feel confident there in uh, the Otto Coyles, the Kiefer Bellows, the Wallstroms. I do, grumpy old man. Um, that's just my opinion on it, though. Okay, but the whole thing, even if they do make it, those players, right? Are any of them high-end talents? Maybe, and I'm saying maybe Wallstrom, maybe Wallstrom. And where, but where are you going to put him? You have Everly signed for four more years. You have Lee signed for six more years. You have Nelson signed for five more years. You have Bailey signed for four more years. You have Anthony Bavillier who has to be signed. I mean, there's just where unless you move some of those older players out. What opportunity is there for the younger players? That's my concern. And that's always my concern about signing guys who I consider, you know, ham and eggers or jags to long-term extensions. It limits the upward mobility of the younger players. And that's always been my concern. Mm, grumpy. Uh, we got a comment here. Uh, Scott saying, TJ, I like the Stanley Cup looking water jug. Well, it's a funny. And see, let me tell you something. TJ is always ripping me for my internet and saying that, you know, uh, you know, my internet stinks, and it's always my fault. I don't come off the hip and get better internet. But I'm going to tell you what: it's been TJ's internet that has been going out the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to bag on him big time because even after last week's podcast, he was blaming me for. I said, TJ, I said I couldn't hear you going in and out. He's like, Oh, it's your internet. Your internet sucks. And I'm like, No, it's you, bro. And then he went and he listened to it, and he actually had to apologize, if you could believe it, for blaming me and my internet when it was his his lack of internet access that cost us. So, TJ, why don't you tell us again about – go right from the start of the story because I had to cover for your bad internet issue. Uh, and I want you to tell us about the Stanley Cup-looking jug and how it all came about. What? Yeah, Grump, I will say my internet I, – I almost made yeah, the entire well, time without any issues. I have already buried your internet. Don't worry about it. Just get to the Stanley Cup jack. <laughs> well, so you're telling me it's not the sixty. It's not worth the sixty-five dollars I pay a month for it, Grumpy. I don't care <laughs> what you pay. I'm just telling you that I took care of that problem. Don't you worry about it. Tell us about the jump. This was a gag gift that I had received at sixty-four ounces. I think sixty-four ounces. But the intention was when I go to the beach. I like to drink wine, so like I, you know, that's my that's my drink of choice. So I could fit a family sized bottle of wine, which is just like the two bottles of wine. I could just pour it in there. I don't have to worry about the bottles because some beaches don't allow bottles. So the intention of this gift was originally so I could just pour a family sized bottle of wine in it, and I have to worry about you know the bottle or anything like that, and possibly not being allowed to drink on the beach. So, but it doubles also as a great way to stay hydrated. 
six oh, i've never heard of this thing called a family-sized bottle of wine i mean that sounds like a jug to me i mean 64 ounces that, i mean man that's that's pretty big who the hell drinks that much wine in one sitting oh grumpy i you know <laughs> i do grumpy old man it's just uh it's a good time wine i like drinking wine grumpy I mean, how big? How big is a normal bottle? A, a normal human bottle of wine? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Just kidding. So, okay. I, so I just get the big one. I just get the big one, Grumpy, oh. and I get the cheap little. Uh, I think it's barefoot, little cheap barefoot wine, like thirteen dollars, and no hangover, and you feel great the next day, oh, Grumpy old man. Oh, <laughs> we just learned too much about TJ. I'll tell you that one. Uh, grumpy old man. Um, I will say this though, uh, we're getting a few comments here about the power play last year. You know, and this is from Robert it says our power play didn't look bad in the postseason. Bottom line is that uh, we need a go-to guy. Hiller is too good of an assistant not to improve our power play. Um, and I think I don't. I think having a go-to guy would be optimal if we were able to have that go-to guy. I think we would see a lot of those power play issues disappear and dissipate. We don't have the talent on the power play. I've been saying it for years. Uh, a long time you were blaming Scott Gomez, and I'm like, it's not Scott Gomez. It's the lack of talent, and it's still the lack of talent. And until we get more talent, it's not going to change. And that's why I'm hoping Noah Dobson would bring something fresh. If you ever watch Noah Dobson, he puts the puck on the net, right? All the time he puts the puck on the net. He is really good back there. They might here's the thing. I'm going to guarantee you they think he's too young to be on the top unit but uh you know as long as they wake up maybe lou will give me another call and say what should i do on the power play because what i've been doing has been failing what should i do grumpy old man and i'm going to tell him put no adoption on that first unit yeah you might be a little bit rocky to start but everything's about the playoffs you want to have that kid ready to go as your top power play quarterback come playoff time because he's just smooth back there he's fast enough where he can get back if any mistakes happen he can play defense and if they have Pulak at that uh, OB position, which is, and honestly, that's not optimal either. You want a real shooter, and that's what hopefully Wallstrom can develop into that. Uh, like, I, like I saw Kaliev play that role during the World Championships, and he was real good at it. I mean, really good. But if we can have Wallstrom take that spot as a trigger man over there, I'd feel much better about this team. Like rolling the same guys out year after year, I mean, you're not going to get any different results. I don't care who the coach is. Um, grumpy. Yeah, and you're right. I, I will backtrack before you kind of went on that uh, that monologue. Um, I did think that Scott Gomez was one of the reasons our power play was unsuccessful two seasons ago. Wind up being wrong. It was not Scott Gomez, and Scott Gomez had a lot less <laughs> of the blame to carry. It was uh, as opposed to uh, the actual cast and crew on the Islanders that deserved more of the blame. Players um, win games. Players win games. It's not coaches. Player players. Coaches can lose your games, but players win your games. <laughs> and, I'm going to tell you what. Barry Trotz has gotten the absolute most out of this team and this group of players. I don't think you can get any more out of them, honestly. I mean, I just don't. I don't think we're talented enough to go any further than we have. And that's one thing that really good coaches do. They're able to go ahead and maximize the ability of players. And, it, and we've always said this since day one. The sum is way greater than the parts right here yep. in New York for the Islanders. Uh, we also have a comment here from Robert again. He says, uh, what about Bodie Wild as a sleeper? Barry Trotz mentioned a few good words on him a couple of days ago. And I, you know, I have a weird thought about this, Grumpy. 
I wonder, I think he, number one, has stepped up his game for certain. I think he was unsatisfied with how things transpired last season, right? He got hurt right at the beginning of training camp with a high ankle sprain, and it kept him out, I want to say, for better half of 20. It's kept him out all the preseason, and it kept him out for at least 20 games down there in Bridgeport. Um, or maybe it was like 10 to 20 games, and then he was never able to get up to speed with where he wanted to be, and he you know, was sent back down there to uh, the Saginaw Spirit. So I think he was really unsatisfied with how everything transpired, and hope I think he came motivated this offseason, and I really hope you know those words are true there by Barry Trotz. Yeah, uh, I don't think he has any shot of making the team this year, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Uh, for him to make the team, he'd have to – he'd have to undo all the bias that Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarill have about younger players. Uh, and I just don't see that happening. That said, uh, that high ankle sprain, which is a really tough injury, particularly for a defenseman. Think about it with all the stopping and starting and turning and every other thing. It derailed this whole season. It really did. I was glad he went back to Saginaw uh, and was sent down because he wasn't getting the time that the ice time that he needed uh, up in the A because he missed all those games. And, uh, you know, I just want to see him progress in the AHL this year. That's that's my goal for him to really step up because I think Sebastian Ajo is going to be on our taxi squad, uh, which gives him an opportunity to step up defensively at Bridgeport. I, I think I'm not sure taxi squad, healthy scratch. I think Ajo is going to be up with the Islanders in some capacity. I don't see him in Bridgeport. I think Hutton also has a chance for that. Uh, grumpy old man. I think you're right. Bodie Wild does need, I, I want to say probably an entire season down there in Bridgeport. Again, he's a young defenseman. I want to see him be able to establish that confidence and continue to build on what I guess Barry Trotz has seen so far there in training camp. Again, I, I know a lot of people are writing him off and, People worried a little bit. I think I, I had a little bit of worry too, grumpy old man, when he was sent down and demote. I wouldn't say demoted, but he was sent down to you know the, the Ontario Hockey League in the Saginaw Spirit after not really finding his groove there in Bridgeport. I mean, I, that's disheartening to see there for fans. I'm sure it was disheartening for him, but it's great to see that it, it looks to see that he has picked back up that confidence that he had. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all. I remember you mentioned it that uh, you were concerned about that. Where I never really looked at it that way. The injury did him in last year, and you got to understand when he came back. I mean, even if you come back, you're not a hundred percent health. That that's a long term injury, and uh, like I said, if he wasn't going to get the minutes there, uh, best to send him back down to Saginaw, get that confidence back up, and if. Like I said, if last year, if they had that option with no adoption, no adoption would have been up with the big team. He would have been down in the A. So I have no problem at all with him going back down to juniors last year, but I would hope that he'd step up his game this year. Well, Grumpy Old Man, we have a comment, and it's here from New York Rangers Pack. What makes you think the Islanders will make the playoffs, Grumpy? I have to assume this is a Rangers fan in some capacity. Well, um, because I'll tell you why, because the Rangers are in that division. So there's an automatic eight wins for us. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. Is that a answer for you? <laughs> grumpy old man feisty. But, no, he did elaborate on it before he jumped too much down his throat. Uh, with only with eight teams in the division this year, only four teams make the playoffs, it's going to be tough to make the playoffs. We talked about this last podcast, and I think this is true on a live stream too. We talked about it. Um, 
this division is going to be, I think, the most competitive top-to-bottom division in all of hockey this season. And I think the amount of points that separates the third-best team in the division from the seventh-best team in the division will be minute. It's going to be very, very close. It's going to be neck-to-neck. So, again, if you do have those issues or you you struggle at one point in time during the season – it's going to show and it's going to be magnified. So having that consistency and having that structure to where you don't lose, you know, the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too low is hugely important. Mm-hmm. I know last year, right, this sounds like a little um, hypocritical there when we talk about the Islanders making it. And I just brought up that point, right? The Islanders were high as high could be when they had, I think it was a 17-game point streak. And, you know, before the, uh, high, the I guess right before the hiatus, we were on a seven-game losing streak, right? You know, the very lows. Uh, grumpy old man. So, I, but that's not usually how things work on a Barry Trotz team. And I think there's a lot of reasons why we did hit those lows. And Adam Pellick was a huge factor as to why we did struggle during that time period. Well, also the fact that we have one of the older rosters in the league. And I'm still a firm believer that if the season wasn't put on hold last year, we wouldn't have made the playoffs. And I think NYR pack, maybe, I think their farm team is the Wolf Pack, I believe. Um, uh, but, I mean, I, you're right. I think there's only two guarantees for playoff spots this year, being Boston and Washington. And I think everything is up for grabs after that. I think you're right. For uh, I'm not, I'm not going to consider Buffalo, but I would say you're, you have the Rangers, the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Flyers fighting for those last two spots. And grumpy. Now we have a comment here from too much pessimistic. And dude, I hate to say it, but the Rangers are going to be good in the future. I don't think any Islander fan likes to admit it, but really, I think I think the Rangers are set up where they're going to have a lot of offense. It's about defense, right? I mean, the goalie Shesterkin's obviously the rock they need back there in that. It's about filling out with the, with talented defenders now that are going to play the system that you need. I mean, they definitely have the offensive ability. Um, so. I think it's all about, hey, can you go ahead and put the defenders around them in order to be successful? Yeah. Um, two years ago, two years ago, maybe three now, I remember when Ranger management came out and said, hey, we're tearing it down and starting over. And they did. And they Hold, made- hold, on, hold on. Stop real quick. Do you remember the fans were freaking out because they were right on the edge of being a playoff team? And I remember, I think, if I do remember this correctly, Ranger fans were – Live it. Some of them were saying, yes, this is the right choice to make. Lundquist is at XYZ age. We can't expect him to continue to hold down the fort much longer. But remember, they were right outside the playoffs. I think they were like a, they were right outside a wild card spot when they went ahead and made this determination at the trade deadline. And I remember they, there was a lot of confusion out there. And they had a lot of older players on their team. And they decided we're going to be sellers. We're going to start over. And it was a smart move. It's always the smart move. The Islanders are going to be there before you know it. Within the next two years, we're going to be in the same boat. Seriously. Look at the age of the core players on this team and the contracts. Look at the fact that we don't have a whole lot of young players in our system, with the exception of defense, moving up. I mean, I think the Rangers are in good position. I mean, I haven't seen uh, LaFerriere play. I don't think he'll make the team this year, the number one draft pick in the draft. Uh but I think, and you know, Sisterkin looked great last year in the amount of games that he played. I think it was 22 games. But I'll be interested to see how he plays this year without I – don't, I don't think they have a veteran backup. I don't know who it is. But with him taking a full load on, how is he going to respond to that? It is his 
I'm going to say it's his first full year in the league. So there could be a little bit of drop off there. But defensively, I don't think they're as strong, uh, certainly not as strong as we are. Um, uh, but I'll, their offense is definitely good. Signing Panarin was fantastic. I wish we had him. Well, Grump, uh, really quickly to wrap up there, uh, NYR PAC, it just stands for the New Jersey, uh, the New York Rangers and the Green Bay Packers, Grumpy Old Man. Okay. Uh, we do have a comment here also from John. Well, John says, thoughts on where Otto Koivula and his progression is at this point. And he also told you earlier, I'm not going to pull that one up, but he said, take off that devil's jersey, Grumpy Old Man. As soon as the podcast is over, I take the jersey off. I did it to make a point. Um, and hopefully you were here at the beginning to – hear the uh, elegant execution of my point. Oh, grumpy old man. Uh, two minutes past mistake and just chimed in also saying again that Georgiev is the backup. Okay. And us. I was about to say, that's right. Georgiev that's right. did manage that's to right. play really well against us. That's uh, right. We should definitely have known his name. Uh, but grumpy old man. Now, Ano Koivla, I, I think this is a big year for him, right? This is now year – I think they, they kind of bounced him around in Bridgeport last year. Majority of the time he was at center, but he did play a little bit more at wing. Remember – if you take the clock back three years ago, he was just primarily a winger or he started off his uh, Bridgeport career there as a winger. And after he made that transition to center, that's where you saw the point production in his play increase. Again, he spent the full year down there in Bridgeport. And last year, he spent the majority of the time down there in Bridgeport with that small abbreviated chance up there for the Islanders. But he's a guy where you'd like to see him starting to take the next steps this year. Um and it's unfortunate, right? And the way our team is currently lined up, there is no real center spots open. And maybe that's why they were giving him a little bit of, I think, a few games back there at wing last, last season was because with bringing John Gabriel Pajot in an optimal situation when everybody's healthy, Matt Barzal is the number one center. Then Brock Nelson's the number two center. John Gabriel Pajot is the number three center. And Casey Zizekas is the fourth line center. I mean, everybody but Casey Zizekas is signed there for at least the next three seasons. Right. Now, Casey, I think this is his last year. This is, this is his last year before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Okay. But, you know, in an ideal scenario, you don't want an auto coital to be a fourth-line guy. Well, but I think he maxes out as a bottom-six type player. So if uh, you could do a lot worse than have Otto Koivula as uh, – got to remember, our fourth line plays a lot. They play a lot of shutdown. They play a lot of penalty kill. So, I mean, if that's the, the route they want to continue playing – I have absolutely no problem with Otto Koivula slotting in next season as the fourth-line center. Absolutely none. Uh, I mean, I just think J.G. Pajot is better than he, than he is. Um, as I say, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, I'd put him up there as one of the best third-line centers in all hockey. As a third-line center, for certain. Absolutely. And Brock Nelson is better than he is. You notice I didn't call him uh, the C-word this week. Uh, and Matt Barzal. I mean, those those are just three better centers. But if he could be a fourth-line center on this team, you're going to get, you know, 11, 12 minutes a night of ice time. And that's a good situation to be in. But I don't think he's going to progress any further than a bottom six guy, honestly. I don't think his skating is good enough. Hmm. I'll tell you this. I think – I. In an ideal scenario, I don't think Otto Koivu is a fourth liner. I think he's more of a guy who's around a third line guy, but can occasionally play on the second line when need be. I think, again, he's a bigger body. I think his skating is not great, as you mentioned. He does have offensive skill around the puck, though, grumpy old man. I've seen it. He does have good stick handling ability, and he's got that creativity on the offensive side of the puck. I like that. Now, we're getting comments in, grumpy old man, that's saying, be ready. For the Islanders to re-sign Sezikis, grumpy old man. I talked. I talked to you off air. 
this week and you want to see me lose my mind, let's sign another 30-year-old to a contract where he's already making, what, almost $3.5 million a year for a fourth-line center. You want to save money. You want to get better on the, the high end of your team. You cannot be giving your bottom-line players three, $4 million a year contracts. Just can't be doing it. I love Casey Zizekas, but guess what? Move on. Put the young players on that team. Indoctrinate them into the system. That's what they should be doing in the minors anyway. They should be getting the young guys ready so they can seamlessly slide in. So you don't have to sign the older players to long-term, you know, the, the golden parachute that they like to get every veteran on this team. You know, you have to move past that if you want to really win Stanley Cup. Uh, and Grumpy, I guess, last comment here. It says, and the only reason I'm doing this is last comment perhaps is because it's funny. The Islanders trust Otto Van Bismarck more than Otto Koivula because of their respected ages. I knew that you would get a kick out of that, Grumpy. I did. I find that amusing. <laughs> Grumpy old man, is there anything else you want to say before we kind of wrap things up? Obviously, tomorrow is going to be uh, another live stream there at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Rich Pallon is going to be on next New York Islander. But, Grumpy, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap things up today? Uh, no. Well, actually, I just, you know, I often say that, you know, PJ is a big proponent of coaches are more important than players, where I am definitely – in the player is more important to the success of the team than a coach. A bad coach can lose games, but good players win teams. And you'll get to see that tonight when Tom Brady leads the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a player victory over Washington, while Bill Belichick is sitting home crying and whatever he whatever he eats slash drinks. Uh, it's pretty obvious at this point that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's the greatest NFL coach of all time, but Tom Brady uh, covered up for a lot of Bill Belichick's uh, – uh, player acquisition mistakes. He was a spackle for the whole team. You take him out and you're stuck with, you know, seven and nine and missing the playoffs when seven teams make it. So I'll tell you, now, Brush, Brush has always wanted you to wear your uh, Buccaneers jersey. Obviously, facetiously, grumpy old man. Um, he just figured you were a Buccaneers fan. But I'll, I'll tell you what, after when Tom Brady wins, I'm wearing my Tom Brady shirt tomorrow. No, come on. Islanders, uh, Gr Grumpy, I, I want you to wear some Islanders garb tomorrow. I I will I'll tell you this much, Grumpy old man. You're right. I am a believer in coaches are more important than you think they are, Grumpy. I, I don't think they're king, but I can tell you one thing. When you're at the upper echelon and the tops of the top levels, there is really not that much that differentiates Players, there isn't. I mean, there are players that are unbelievably talented and head over heels better than everybody out there. That's true. I believe it. But I believe in a lot of situations, in a lot of cases, like we've seen with Brock Nelson, right? What did it take for him to move up to being a bona fide, true number two center? Took a coaching change. And that's a lot of – people overlook that type of stuff all the time, grumpy old man. A good coach, a good coach can get a lot more out of a player – than just having a whole bunch of talent around and not being able to execute successfully and turn that talent cultivated into a successful team. You could argue that Brock Nelson never had a coach before Barry Trotz. Uh, so I kind of, and he has absolutely, any player who's flourished under this system and improved his stock, it's Brock Nelson. Um, you'll never get an argument from me on that. Uh, but I need to ask you a question. When was the last time that a coach threw a touchdown pass? Pass. When was the last time that a coach uh, sacked a quarterback? When was the last time that a coach scored a game-winning goal? When was the last time that a coach made a game-winning save? The answer is never. 
So at the end of the day, players win games. I don't care. A coach can make a team better, but you need players to win championships. Mm. Grumpy, I'm not going to deny that you need a few very, very special and gifted players on your team. I'm not denying that. I'm saying for the majority of the team, it's more, it's they're all interchangeable. We've seen it, right? I mean, think about think about think about think about our team, Grumpy. Think about how many guys you call Jags, which stands for just another guy. And how many guys do you think are bottom six forwards, right? All those guys are interchangeable. And you know what doesn't change? The coach. You know what happens? Next man up. We've got guys like, uh, oh, man, oh, man. I, I forgot his name. You were one player on defense last year, and your season goes in the tank. Hold on. Hold on. That's like saying you lose a guy. To us, Adam Pellick was an extremely important player, undervalued by most, but an extremely important player. If we lose Matt Barzal, Grumpy Old Man, what happens? If the Washington Capitals lose Alexander Ovechkin, Grumpy Old Man, what happens? If the Pittsburgh Penguins lose Sidney Crosby for an extended period of time, Grumpy Old Man, what happens? I guess it's, it's, just, it's ubiquitous across the board, Grumpy. But you're proving my point. Thank you. No, 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 Grumpy. I'm not proving your point. Every single team needs to have, number one, optimally, you want to be healthy. Number two, Grumpy Old Man, they have to have a few a, a star player or two. It's really hard to win unless you don't have one of those game changers. But after that level of the game changer S type player, all the players, for the most part, are relatively interchangeable, Grumpy Old Man. Who, and I'm blanking on his name. We talked about him last year. I think you had known the player personally, Grumpy Old Man, that the young man who was a center. Uh, played an overage guy, kind of came up when he was 25 or 26 years old, had to fill the role, I think, with, as a fourth-line guy. Cole Bardreau. That's right. Cole Bardreau, for example, right? Stepped up almost like a, like a seamless transition. Again, he wasn't Casey Zizekas, but it's not like, oh, wow, now that Casey Zizekas, our fourth-line center, is out, what are we going to do? Cole Bardreau stepped up, filled the role. That's But that's my whole point. Cole Bardreau didn't step in and fill Matt Barzal's role. He came in and he filled the the fourth line center role. So why would why honestly would you pay a fourth line center three point five million dollars when you had uh, somebody fill in just as admirably who made you know league minimum? See that that's my whole point. That's my whole point. And here's the thing: what happens when Tom Brady leaves? You realize Bill Belichick has never had a winning season as a coach. Hold on, hold on. I want I want to stop you. That's why we agree on things like the cases is a situation. We're just in opposite sides of the camp, but we see the same exact on that exact point, Grumpy, and on points like that. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens. Oh, Grumpy, I'm gonna tell you one thing. You're gonna be a big fan of this New York Rangers, Green Bay Packers. Can't wait to see Brady go down against the Packers next week. Grumpy old man, I know you're a big Brady fan. Uh, but Grump, is there anything you want to say before we wrap things up? Is that the Packers team that got stomped 38 to 10 early this year against Tampa? Is that the same Packer team or is it a different Packer team? Uh, the organization since week uh whatever, week six? I don't know. Uh, hey, Grumpy. Grumpy, Grumpy, Grumpy. Is there anything you want to say hockey related? We're gonna be back on the live stream tomorrow. So it's not like you have too much time, Grumpy. In less than 24 hours, we'll be back on air there with Rich Blonde. But what do you have to say before we wrap things up now? Yeah, I, I, I think everyone should listen to tomorrow's podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun. There's going to be some lighthearted questions. If anyone else has questions, please uh, bring them to the table. Uh, I know they won't be as good as the grumpy old man's questions, but, hey, don't set your goals that high. What can I tell you? Uh, but whatever you have, I mean, Rich is more than willing to answer pretty much just about anything, and he's a straight shooter. So uh, you can't ask anything more from a guest.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Grumpy Old Man, for being a part of the podcast, as always. My pleasure. And thanks so much, everybody who participated here in the live stream and listened to the podcast. We do love being able to interact there with all the listeners there on the live stream. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you, Grumpy. <laughs>